EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic, from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been around my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people Names, who characters, are... places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or locales or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Bonnie. That, folks, obviously was my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Bonnie DeForest, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and myself, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town, welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This time on KB Cabaret, we feature the music of Milkweed, plus comedy with special guests Kate Murray and John Harvey. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, this is a question I have never seen in print before. However, I'm sure it must be on a lot of people's minds. Say I'm at a party, a restaurant with friends, or dancing on the disco floor having fun. The next day I go online and see myself posted all over Facebook. These photos aren't taken by my friends, but by perfect strangers. I'm not a fashion stud or famous, but for a five foot four, 300-pound man, I stand out. Why do I have to be made into a spectacle? I am an ordinary person leading an ordinary life, and I don't need to be put on display. People can be downright invasive. Please help me, Granny Atta. I don't know what to do. Signed, Invasion of Fun. Dear Fun Invasion, how delightful. Going out and then being the center of unwanted attention. This is a sticky situation. Being out in public, we really don't have rights to our privacy, but in some cases we should. Everyone nowadays has these contraptions called smartphones. On the spot, you can take a selfie or a uzi. No questions are ever asked, such as, Mother, may I? They just point, shoot, and send. You could write to the person who posted it and ask for your image to be taken down. You could write to Facebook or whatever site you find yourself on and tell them you are being shamed and targeted, that is, if you really are. Perhaps they could take action in some way. Otherwise, you don't have much recourse. It's a shame, but that is how our laws are set up. We don't have the rights we need and have the rights we don't want. Good luck, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Previously, on the last episode of Beulah Deschamps, Parlor City's chef extraordinaire. What's wrong, Leon? There's a guy next door on Beulah's porch. Oh? Yeah, you see? Oh my gosh. What? You know him? That's Stéphane Boulanger. Who? He's the one who stole all of Beulah's money. What? He's got a lot of nerve coming back here. I'm calling 911. You do that, because he just climbed in her house through the lower bedroom window. I'm getting my gun from the car. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, folks, I have to stop 
due to extenuating circumstances. Debbie, you take over and sign out. Hello? Yes, I'd like to... And now, the continuation of Beulah. I am innocent. Innocent? You are far from innocent, you French. Or whatever you are, you, you scoundrel. I am not a scoundrel. I am a judge. You'll be a disbarred judge if I can do anything about it. You, sir, are a thief. I am no such thing. Be careful. You'll perjure yourself. I will only speak through my lawyer. I cannot believe this is happening. These things only happen in movies, not reality. Well, this is reality, Bree. Where is he? Where is he? Beulah, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in rehab. Well, I escaped. You what? When I heard Stefan was here, I wanted to see him for myself. How in the world did you hear that all the way in Connecticut? Never mind how. I just did. Now drop it. Oh, Beulah, you are going to be in so much trouble. I don't care. That louse not only stole my heart, he stole my money. I don't know which is worse. You louse. Beulah. Hey, you. Quiet down. We can't have you yelling in the precinct. I'm sorry. My dear, this is all a great misunderstanding. Misunderstanding my foot. You are a thief. Why is everyone saying that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because you wiped out my bank account? I never touched your bank account. No, but you convinced me to put all my casino winnings into your bank account, and you took all of it out. No, no, you you misunderstand. You are right. I did misunderstand. I misunderstood I could trust you, that we had a future together. You, <laughs> sir, are no gentleman. Who are you, anyway? You have been a thorn in my side ever since I returned to this town. I, sir, am Beulah's husband. Ex-husband. Ex or not, I would never do anything to hurt you, baby. Oh, please. I can tell a falsehood when I hear it. Well, you... If that isn't the pot calling the kettle black. What? That does not even make sense. It does if you're American. Not that any of this is your business, but I am American. Just raised in France. Beulah, please believe me. I did not steal your money. Well, then where is it? And why did you disappear without a word? Yeah. Seems like you lose, old boy. Mind your own business. Beulah, I was detained by the U.S. police via Interpol just after I transferred your money to my Swiss bank account. I couldn't notify you. What? I don't believe you. You have to because I am telling you the truth. This way, sir. We have to book you now. Enjoy your vacation, you blowhard. <laughs> I know this is hard. I'm so confused. There's nothing to be confused about. Con artists are cunning. You may be right, Leon, but you're not helping. Let's go get some coffee, okay? Then we can discuss other issues. I don't know about you ladies, but I sure could use a drink. Leon! I mean a soda! A soda! Stay tuned next week for a new recipe and the continuation of Beulah des Champs, Parlor City's chef extraordinaire. Don't forget to visit Beulah's Recipe Bar exclusively on the KB Cabaret app. Just go to kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com, and download yours today. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Oh, my mom's gonna kill me. Your mother, sir? Yes. Is she there with you right now? Uh, no. Then is she on her way over to you as we speak? No, she's home. What is her exact proximity to you at this moment? Uh, she lives in Arizona. But you live in New York. Yes. Well, it, it's, it's more of a metaphoric kill. Sir, can you elaborate a little more about the threat on your life from your mother? Well, I'm a bit embarrassed to even say. Just come out with it. I... I didn't call her on Mother's Day. I see. Hello? Hello? Are you are you still there? I'm still here, sir. Oh, good. 
For a minute, I thought I lost you. Much like how your mother must have felt when you didn't bother to call on a mother's most important day of the year. Yeah, but I... Was she a good mother? Well, yes, Did but... she do the best she could? Oh, of course she did, but... And you didn't bother to call. I meant to call, but I got busy and... Too busy to take five minutes out of your day to call the woman who devoted her entire life to her precious son... Five measly minutes. But... For God's sake, that wonderful woman gave you life, and that's how you treat her. Oh, but I love my mother. Doesn't sound like it to me, sir. I have half a mind to come over there and kill you myself. Wait, wait a minute. Is, is that a threat? I work at 911. I don't make threats. Well, I'm calling the police. Right. Just like you said you were going to call your mother. Well, I got a hotel room and a hotel lobby, a pull-out sofa and a friend named Bobby. I am so pleased to have the group Milkweed on our show, Jackie Colombo, Joey Alston, and Peter Lister. And I love this song, Hotel Room. Tell me a little bit about it before I play it. We have a little music video for that. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's my favorite. I love it. We, um, we're calling it the Bathroom Sessions. And so when we made the video, we actually, we recorded it in our bathroom. Uh-huh. And Pete is in the tub playing bass, and I'm sitting on top of the toilet, and Joe is standing up. And uh, it's a really great video. It's on our YouTube page. And it's also a song about what we're doing right now. I mean, we don't stay in hotel rooms often, but we're on the road, and um, that song definitely speaks about our road life. All right, so let's listen to Hotel Room. Well, I got a hotel room and a hotel lobby, a pull-out sofa and a friend named Bobby, two plastic cups and a tub of ice. Man, living on the road sure is nice. When you get home, all you got is a two-dollar bill. I pull over Frank, you got the fill the tank. Can't get far without raising the bar. It fills you up and it drains you of all your dreams. Sports bar, sports car, twinkle, twinkle, little star fire on the side of the new Jersey Turnpike. Well, everybody's got a life, but not everybody turns it on. And I just got home, but I'm thinking about moving on. Outshine the world even though they're dead Nobody said that I'd get this far without dying along the way So say in your mind Just say in your mind Cause I'm sick of words taking up all my time Ain't it fine to be free of the night you keep calling me Breaks are fine, but the engine's shot it. It's Monday night, there ain't much to play But I'm a dying man with a lot to say So move over, I'll make a seat at the foot of the bed We'll order room service, get some wine, some fish and some bread Well, I got a hotel room and a hotel lobby A pull-out sofa and a friend named Bobby Two plastic cups and a tub of ice Living on the road sure is nice When you get home, all you got is a two-dollar bill When you get home, all you got is some hearts to fill When you get home, all you got is some time to kill You have everything? Yep, right down to the plastic forks this is great. I didn't think you guys could pull it off. Well, you underestimate us. Right, Tommy? Yeah, you sure did, Phyllis. Okay. Now you just go sit outside and we'll get everything ready. 
Well, they actually bought all the food for our little outdoor picnic. I didn't think they could pull it off. I know. That's what I said. Okay, now let's make your mom's birthday luncheon happen. You got the six cans of tuna fish? Yep. Mayo? Yep. Bowl? Yep. Something to stir with? Uh, yep. No, a fork's too small. Here, take a spoon. Okay, cool. I'll make the toast. So what are they making? I think tuna fish sandwiches and chips. Oh, I just hope they don't overdo it with the mayo. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, you put too much mayo in it. Oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. No, let's not panic. There has to be more tuna here somewhere. Look under the cabinet on your right. Hey, I found some. Whoa, if I'd have known we had that much tuna in the house, I wouldn't have bought the four cans. And they have pop-top lids. Oh, this is great. Go ahead and put at least eight of those cans in the mix. They're a little smaller than the ones we bought. Okay. Well, where are they? I'm getting hungry. I think I hear them coming now. Here you are, ladies. Sorry about the wait. Tuna fish sandwiches and barbecue chips. You got the six packs, Tommy? Yep, here they are. Good. Open up a few. I sure could use a cold one after all that work. Well, this is special. Yeah, let's eat. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, oh, what in the heck is in this? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but the beer isn't even helping. What? I think it's great. What did you put in here? Tuna. Show me the cans. I threw them in the recycling. Here, here's some. We used two kinds. You idiots! You used the cat's food for our tuna. No. <laughs> yes, there's even a cat's face on the can. Couldn't you tell the small ones are Tabby's food? Oh, I didn't know. Why would I? Because it's got a darn cat on the cover and it says cat food. I knew you two would screw this up. Oh, man. I don't know. I think it's good. Hey, Bobby, hand me a beer. I am so pleased to have you on our show. So tell me how Milkweed, the group, got together. I believe, Jackie, you're the one who originally founded this group. I actually started Milkweed with um, Claire Byrne from Driftwood. Milkweed was just a duo. It was just her and I. Um, She played mandolin and fiddle, and I played guitar. And we sang, and we did mainly covers. And we brought Beth Greenberg from The Falconers. Uh Um, She started playing with us. um, And then we wanted another lead guitar player, and we, uh, we had asked Joel to play with us. And then, you know, Claire and Beth both got busy with other bands, and that was when um, we reached out to Peter, and now we're a trio. Now, this next selection that we're going to be hearing is called Night Flowers. Joey, you were telling me a very interesting story how this song came about. Well, the story is that I like to go out and drink, and in the summer, on my way home from the bar, I tend to walk through the uh, rich side of town, and I occasionally steal away into other people's gardens, and I steal their flowers. In Binghamton. It's like a uh, low-level Robin Hood. Thing. No, I, I, I bring them home to Jackie. That's the idea. <laughs> I love it. Let's listen to Night Flowers.
Apartment number one is the second apartment we come to. Should be the other way around, don't you think? Just knock on the door, Krovitz. Can I help you, gentlemen? Good evening, ma'am. I'm Detective Bardales. And I'm Detective Anna Krovitz Kingenstein. Huh? Well, they call me Krovitz. It's easier. We're here to investigate a missing persons report. Who's missing? Do you have a tenant named Jack? No. Can you tell me who lives in apartment number three? Jack. I thought you said you didn't have a tenant named Jack. I don't. Then who lives in apartment number three? Jack. Ma'am? Yeah? Ma'am, what Detective Krovitz means is we're confused. About what? About who lives in apartment three. I already told you who lives in apartment three. You said Jack lives in apartment three. Yeah, what's there to be confused about? The name of your tenant and what apartment he lives in? None of these people here are my tenants. So you're not the landlady? Nope. I never owned this dump. Bad enough I have to live here. Yes, ma'am. Can you tell us where the landlady lives? Down the hall, apartment number two. It's the first apartment you come to when you enter the building. It's nicer of all of the units, but I don't know why they didn't call it apartment number one. Doesn't make sense, does it? 
No, ma'am. It doesn't make any sense at all. I was thinking the same thing. I know. Wouldn't you think? Yes, ma'am. Is she home? I don't know. Come on, Krovitz. Let's check apartment number two. If it was apartment number one like it should have been to begin with, we'd have been there by now. Just knock on the door, Krovitz. Yes, can I help you, gentlemen? Hey, you look just like the lady in apartment number one. Well, that's my twin sister. What'd she tell you? Nothing. That's why we're here talking with you. I'm Detective Bardales, and this is Detective Krovitz. Wow, you even sound like that other lady. I told you she's my twin sister, genius. Right. We're here to investigate a missing persons report. Jack? You know that Jack is missing? No, but he's been known to disappear for days at a time to go fishing with that no-good buddy of his, <laughs> Carl. Bad influence, if you ask me. Always has to track him down for rent. Which, by the way, is past due. Hey, as long as you're here, can I file a report where it says if he doesn't pay his rent on time, he'll go to jail? No. What do you know about Carl, ma'am? Why, is he missing too? Yes, ma'am. About the same amount of time. Two weeks. Hmm, that's a long time. Even for those two lunkheads. They ain't that good of fishermen to be gone that long. Can you let us into Jack's apartment so we can look around? Just go in. Door's probably open. He never locked it, as far as I'm aware. Yes, ma'am. But just in case... Well, okay. It'll give me a chance to take a look at those floors in there. I had him done several years ago, and he better not have ruined them. See, I told you, never locks it. Hmm. Everything seems to look okay. Detective Bardales, over here. I found two fishing poles leaning on the ficus tree next to the table. Ficus tree? Ah, oh, there better not be any water damage on my floor. No, floor looks good. But someone dressed a ficus in a shirt and a hat. But don't look, ma'am. It's not wearing any pants. Not funny, Krovitz. It was just a joke, ma'am. It's okay. You can look. Forget the ficus. Look here. Jack left his lease out on the table, and he's written the word alien across the front of it. Now, why in the world would he do that? He is an American citizen, right? As far as we know, ma'am. Well, it looks to me like he's run off, which means the ficus is coming home with me. Ma'am, I don't think you should be removing the ficus plant without permission. Detective Bardales is right, ma'am. That's called stealing. In that case, I'm only borrowing it. He can have it back when I get my rent. Until then, it's mine. Yes, ma'am. I got the perfect place for this thing, right next to the dining room table. If you hear anything, don't hesitate to give us a call. Come on, Krovitz. Let's get out of here. Debbie, isn't it great to be out here at the ballpark? There's no place I'd rather be. You're right, Jeff. This is paradise in the sunshine. Go, Parlor City Polecats! Hot dogs! Get your hot dogs! Get your red hot hot dogs here! Honey, let's get a couple of hot dogs. They just seem to taste better here at the ballpark. You bet! Hey, hot dogs, over here! How many you want? We'll have two. One with mustard and onions, and one with ketchup and relish. Coming right up. Here you go. That'll be $15. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Would you mind passing this money over to him? and then passing the hot dogs back to us. I can't reach out to the aisle. Okay, sure. I don't really like eating at the ballpark. I'd rather concentrate on the game. Oh, we love the food here. Uh, it's all part of the baseball experience. Go, Polecats! Ice cream! Get your ice cream here! Two ice cream cones over here. Here you go. That'll be $8. Can you help us out again? Well, okay, one more time. Hey, you just dripped chocolate ice cream on my blouse. That'll never come out. Oh, sorry. Well, you shouldn't wear such good clothes to the game. Spaghetti, get your spaghetti and meatballs over here. Spaghetti at a baseball game? It's delicious. Two orders of spaghetti and meatballs, please. Two spaghetti and meatballs coming right up. That'll be twenty-seven fifty, sir. Well, I'm not passing that over. It'll make a mess. Uh, okay, I'll just reach over you and grab it myself. Oh, what? Oh, you clumsy fool! 
Your spaghetti and meatballs are in my lap! Oh, would you mind if we just ate it from there? We'd hate to have it go to waste. We can get you an extra fork, too. Get away from me. You people are pigs. Well, there's no reason to be so snippy about it. You should enjoy the aroma of all this good food. Oysters, Rockefeller! Get your oysters, Rockefeller, over here! We'll have two orders of the oysters, Rockefeller. Ma'am, can we get one for you to make up for all the trouble? No! Keep that disgusting stuff away from me! Two orders of oysters, Rockefeller, coming up! That'll be $52 even, sir. This woman is no longer cooperating with us. Why don't you just toss those oysters to us one at a time? Sure, sounds like fun. Ready, here comes the first one. Oh, that hit me in the head. Need to aim a little higher next time. Want to see my curveball oyster pitch? Stop this right now. This is a shocking display of bad manners. Hey, come on, have a little fun. I've had enough of your idea of fun for one day. I've had enough of your idea of fun for one day. This is supposed to be a baseball game, not a restaurant. I'm going home. Poor woman. She must be hungry. Get your Chateaubriand with wild mushrooms, risotto, and roasted asparagus here. Hey, how much is that? If you have to ask, you can't afford it, sir. Ready for round two, honey? Oh, I just love baseball. Peter, tell me a little bit about the song Charlie. Why did you name it Charlie? What's it about? I had a good friend in in Binghamton named Charlie, and the song's not really about him, but I do love his name, and it kind of represents a sort of character in Binghamton, kind of the the nutty characters on Main Street. The song is about um, people on the street, really. They're just characters, and as you know, Binghamton is chock full of characters. So let's listen to Charlie. My friend Charlie's a good old friend. I tried his hand with the railroad man. Sometimes one, sometimes two. Takes all day just to get to you. Say, hold on, little buddy. I say, hold on, little buddy. I say, hold on, little buddy. I say, hold on, little buddy. Hold on. My friend Charlie's got a lot to lose with a rusty spanner and a bottle of booze. It takes one to know one to know when it's right. We always meet a lady in the thick of the night. I say, hold on. I said, hold on, little buddy. I said, hold on, little buddy. I said, hold on, little buddy. Hold on, let's get funky.
the greatest week. It was a fantastic conference. I learned so much. You know what my favorite part of the conference was? Your presentation, Danny. Oh, thanks, Connie. I agree. Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> I've heard that a million times, but your presentation just made it seem so relevant to our lives, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lydia. I just believe, honestly believe, that whether it's in business or your personal life, being completely honest with people is the best way for everyone to get what they want in all our interactions. To be completely honest, I haven't always been completely honest in my life. To be perfectly honest, my honesty hasn't always been perfect either. Well, ladies, it's never too late to start. We can begin right here and now, just the four of us. We can all pledge to always be totally honest with each other. What do you think? Okay, I'll start. To be absolutely honest, Danny, I had a wonderful time when you visited me in my hotel room Monday night. I beg your pardon. I guess I better be brutally honest. Lydia's honesty really upsets me, Danny, since you spent Tuesday night in my hotel room. Well, now it's my turn to be angrily honest. Danny, you said you'd visit me in my hotel room Wednesday night so we could relive our memories of last year's conference and you never showed up. To be jealously honest, you like Lydia and Bernadette better than me. Hmm, looks like I better be apologetically honest with you ladies. I've been playing around with all of you for years. It's time I finally admitted it. Isn't this honesty wonderful? To be honest, Danny, you rot. In my honest opinion, you don't have an honest bone in your body. If I can be very, very honest for a minute, you bite the big one. Well, ladies, I sure appreciate your honesty. Looks like we're almost home. Uh, which one of you should I drop off last, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I've oh never God, been sure. so humiliated. This is terrible. Oh. Damn, this cop's pulling us over. Okay, ladies, quiet down and let me do the talking. Oh, good evening, officer. A lovely night tonight, isn't it? Sir, I clocked you doing 70 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. Can I see your license and registration, please? Oh, certainly, officer. Glad to oblige. Just give me a minute. Sir, I detect a distinct odor of alcohol in the vehicle. Have you folks been drinking? Oh, no, officer. We're just coming home from a conference, and we've been working hard all day with no thought of enjoying ourselves. To be honest, Officer, Denny's been drinking like a fish. Six beers and two bottles of Cabernet, to be honest. Yep. Danny's quite the honest lush at these conferences. Ladies, to be frighteningly honest, now would be a good time for you all to shut up! Sir... I'm going to have to ask you to take a sobriety test. And you better check him for drugs, too. I saw him smoking two joints before he got behind the wheel. Honestly. Not to mention those three honest lines of cocaine. Honestly, better check his briefcase for that kilo of Viagra. <laughs> yeah. Sir, step out of the car, please. Uh, now, officer, there's no need for any of this. Quite honestly, these women have all been going through a very stressful time... And you just can't believe anything... Sir, that... step out of the car. Now. Okay, okay, here I come. Now, officer, to be frankly honest, this has all been a huge misunderstanding. I think I understand very well, sir. You've been having, uh, relations with all these women, correct? Well, to be erotically honest, yes, I have. Is that a crime now? Okay, sir. Allow me to be admiringly honest for a moment. How do you do it? How do you, uh, you know, keep up? Well, to be pharmaceutically honest, it's the Viagra. Okay, sir. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm willing to drop all the charges in exchange for the contents of your briefcase. All of it? To be financially honest, that cost me a fortune. To be personally honest, sir, the price of justice for you just got more expensive. And besides... I have a hot day tonight right after my shift. But you're going to leave me empty-handed, honestly. Sir, hand me the briefcase, drive away, and none of this ever happened. Honestly. All right. Here you go. Enjoy your date. Honestly? No. 
Well, what happened? How did you get out of that? We honestly thought you were headed for the slammer. I drove a hard bargain. Very hard indeed. Honestly. This is so exciting. I can't wait to get together with the wedding planner. This is something you'll never forget, darling. I wish my mother would have been with me when I made my plans. I thought you got married in Vegas, Mom. I did, dear. Although I love your father, I regret not having a church wedding. Yeah, that's too bad, Mother Larrabee. Hun, the game starts in 25 minutes. Can't I just go? You and your mother can take care of the preliminary arrangements. No! This is our day, darling, not Mother's. You are part of our union. You do love me, don't you, baby? Oh, of course I love you, sugar, but the game! Come on, Cupcake. What's one silly baseball game compared to my... Sorry, our wedding? Pretend I'm not even here, kids. I'm just here for moral support. Hello! Welcome, welcome. Have a seat. So, who's the bride? I am. Oh, I wasn't sure. You two look just like sisters. <laughs> so you, sir, must be the groom then. <laughs> yeah. Let's sit down. Let's sit down. I have your names, Amanda and Albert. Oh, no, no. That's not right. I'm not the bride-to-be. I am the mother, Amanda Shapiro. No, this is the bride, Jennifer Shapiro. Oh, well, it says here... Oh, well, never mind. It's such an easy fix. I'll just white out Amanda, no offenses, <laughs> and just put in Jennifer. Okay. Now, Jennifer, what do you envision? Uh, well, I was thinking a destination wedding, somewhere warm, like the beach. Right, honey? I, I thought we were going to get married in town where all my family lives. Yes, well, I was thinking about that love muffin. But then this is a one-time opportunity to bring my dream to life. Don't look at me. Pretend I'm just a fly on the wall. So I was thinking maybe the Bahamas? Oh, very nice. I'll write in Baham. Excuse me, dear. Uh, to go to the Bahamas, you'll need passports. Some people don't have passports, like Uncle Roy, who had his taken away last year, remember? What about somewhere like San Diego? Oh, uh, San Diego sounds nice. What do you think, sweetie? I think our local church and reception hall are just fine. But honey pie, baby... Okay, if that's what you really want. Oh, baby. San Diego it is. Lovely. Destination, San Diego. Now, do you want to get married in a church or a hall? Well, Albert's family wants a church wedding. Wouldn't the ceremony be lovely on a yacht? A yacht? Oh, Mommy. A yacht. No, no, my mom gets seasick on a yacht. Oh, but Sugar Bear, it would be so beautiful under blue skies and clear water to get married on a yacht. A hundred-foot yacht called the Paradise of the Seas. Here are the brochures. They provide a mansion on a private island for the reception. Oh, honey, this is a dream. Look at the pictures. But... My mother, the church, the priest. You don't love me, Shuggy Woogie? Oh, I do, honeybee, but... Look, Albert, give her some Dramamine and she won't even notice the water. The priest can be on board. Besides, people build churches. God created the seas. Oh, please, my strawberry-frosted cupcake. But... Please. Oh, okay. But one of you has to tell my mother. Oh, I love you, sweetie. You're the best. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. A yacht and an island mansion. 
Now, the yacht will take 49 people, and the mansion will take a capacity of 300. Well, that's fine, because we're discussing around 40 people max. Right, baby doll? Well, Mommy, I have the list right here. Your family, Albert, is a total of 15, including you and your mother. Our family, 253, including Jennifer, her father, and myself. What? Honey, sweetie, baby, we have a large family. They won't even fit the yacht. Well, only five of your family, give or take. And about 35 of our family members need to be on the yacht. Plus the five bridesmaids and five ushers. The rest of the party can be brought in by military helicopters. Military. Uncle Harry is a four-star general. I give up. As long as I can wear my cowboy boots. With a tux? <laughs> I don't think so. But... Honey, sugar bear, we will discuss this later. <laughs> Cowboy boots. Good. Well, then it's all set. Shall we discuss the flowers? Let me just say it was a pleasure having all of you on my show, the group Milkweed. Thank you so much, Bree. This interview will be on our podcast, but also the link to Milkweed and the upcoming concerts, including the very special Oneonta concert on March 19th, is up on our website under Musicians, and it's going to be under Milkweed. You can go right onto their website from our website and find all the information. And just go to kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T.com. So I just want to thank you all for being on my show again. And I, this, this song says it all, Family Tree. Joey, tell me what it's about. It just talks about not taking your family for granted and recognizing the things that were passed on to you and uh, celebrating that fact. Family Tree. Summer. 
Well, folks, that's all for today's show. I'd like to thank all of our guests for being on KB Cabaret. I'm always awed with the amazing talent out there. Thank you to my hardworking crew, co-workers, and actors John Kerry, John Montgomery, actors Junie McMahon, and Bonnie DeForest. My amazing sound engineer and actor, newlywed, Charles Berman. His assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My music engineer, David Rice of Basement Studios, who <laughs> makes me sound better than I am. And a special shout-out to Christina Dilnella, who plays one mean piano and now works in musical theater in New York City. Of course, a special thank you to you, dear KB Cabaret audience, for stopping by and listening to our show. We certainly couldn't do this without you. If any of you have a hankering to write or sing for our show, contact me, Bree Harvey, through the show submission page. Let me see what you've got. And sponsors, you want your name heard by over 150,000 listening audience members all over the country and as far as Australia? <laughs> Hello, mates. Then KB Cabaret is the place to be. Just give me a shout-out on kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T.com. I'm Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of KB Cabaret. See you next week on the radio. to have you and share our parlor city come back again now to kb cabaret